They played a lot better than most expected, but in the end, Notre Dame came up short a week ago against Georgia, and now they must be back on their A game against another top 25 foe. Well, if they want to get to where they want to go, it, it can't be that hard. But if, if they're going to, you know, move around and feel sorry for themselves, then we'll be talking about we lost to Virginia. If that happens, this season is for the most part over, at least the one this team still believes it can achieve. So entering today, what's at stake can be summed up pretty easily. Well, our goal is to win a national championship, and that starts with beating Virginia this week. Live from the Redeemer Radio 95.7 studios in the shadows of the Golden Dome, this is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Brian Kelly says he's tired of hearing people say, nice try, and that he's offended that his team is getting pats <laughs> on the back for their effort in a six-point loss to Georgia last week. He says the Irish are in it to win it. And that's what they're looking to do again today as they welcome in 18th-ranked Virginia to Notre Dame Stadium for a 3.30 kickoff. Welcome to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, Notre Dame FCU, where Bank does matter. I'm Angel DiCarlo. My co-host, Kevin Downey, has family obligations to attend to today, so we have a bit of a uh, WNDU reunion this morning <laughs> as my old New Center 16 colleague, Alex Wilcox, is uh, filling in this morning. Alex, uh, welcome to the show. And uh want to start off uh, immediately asking you your reaction to where you feel Notre Dame stands here coming off the 23-17 loss to, to third-ranked Georgia, heading into another tough challenge here against Virginia. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, first off, thanks for having me on. Thrilled to be here talking football with you again. Uh, good, to, good to be back. You know, I, I think like most people, I was definitely impressed with the way Notre Dame played in the Georgia game. I was don't offend them. Don't offend no, them. no, no. Of course, <laughs> don't don't want to offend them. But you know, I going into that game, I thought Notre Dame was going to get blown out. I thought this was sort of the the story that we've seen play out before. So Notre Dame, I thought played really well in that game. But yeah, ultimately they did they did lose the game. Very close game came down to the wire. And so ultimately, I think it depends on you know what your definition of success is for this Notre Dame season. If your definition of success is solely based on do they make the playoff, do they contend for a national championship, then I think you have to look at this and say, well, the season, the season, I don't want to say the season is over, but I don't think Notre Dame has a very good shot at all of making the playoffs. If you want to say that, hey, you know, 11 and 1 is still a fantastic season, a New Year's Six Bowl is still a fantastic season. I, I absolutely agree with that. It all just depends on on how you view this team and what they should accomplish. All right, on tap on this morning's show, our Focus on Faith segment is with former Notre Dame captain and linebacker Joe Schmidt, who always is one to provide great insight. Hard to find anyone who enjoyed being a Notre Dame football player more than Joe, but why he now says he doesn't miss it at all. Mm. It's a it's a good reason why. Uh, we will, of course, break down the matchup with Virginia, and we will look at some of the positives coming out of last week's game, including the return of Cole Komet and some other reinforcements coming back today as well. But let's start with the fallout from the Georgia game. And, Alex, uh, okay, so more or less confident 
that Notre Dame will get to 11 and 1, finish out 11 and 1, win out this season after seeing the Irish play against Georgia. I'd say more confident. You know, and, and you know, obviously the loss to Georgia hurts. You know, you're you're 2 and 1 and and for a Notre Dame team it, the 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 thought every year is okay, if you want to make the playoff, you got to go undefeated. And we saw that last year. They go 12 and 0 and they do make the playoff. But the way they played against Georgia has me really convinced that this team is a whole lot better than I thought, than a lot of people around the country thought. And you just look at their schedule, their toughest task remaining until they, you know, until really for the rest of the season is probably today against Virginia. Mm -hmm. You know, USC is banged up. They're on their second, maybe even their third quarterback at Michigan. You know, going into Ann Arbor is always tough, but, you know, Michigan, Michigan at times has just looked like a disaster this season. And so when it, when you look at it, I think Notre Dame should be favored to win every game the rest of the season. Yeah, I think that's very well could be the case. Uh, well, if Khalid Kareem represents the entire Notre Dame team, then uh, he surely sounds awfully motivated based on what he said to WSBT's Adam Derangowski immediately after the Georgia game. Can you describe the disappointment in, in coming so close and coming up short? I felt a disappointment. This one stings a little bit, but, you know, like I said, it's only one loss. I mean, it doesn't define our season, so, you know. Next opponents who we have, like, coming up in the season. Best of, best of luck to you, because we're coming. Best of luck to you. Uh, we're, we're coming. How about it, that? It, it kind of sounds reminiscent of uh, Drew Tranquil Absolutely. after the Georgia loss two years ago, yeah. and then Notre Dame rattled off a, a, a lot of wins after that. Uh, but uh, certainly, okay, they're motivated, sure. They're yeah. saying all the right things, but uh, – you know, they, they just got to get the job done now. And, right. and one of the things I saw that 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 I was impressed with was the play of the defense. Um, and I, I think that was huge. Yeah, because I think that was the area, you know, I, I did not know how badly they could get blown up, especially by the, in the linebackers. And, and right. those linebackers stepped up. And we'll talk a little bit more about that coming up the next segment. Uh, meanwhile, our poll question is kind of something similar we've been talking about. Go fitting, of course. Uh, <laughs> after watching Notre Dame play, how do you think this season ends up? Uh, ND will make the playoff. 11-1 but miss the playoff. 10 wins or 9 wins or fewer. Right now, 50% of the people voting. We've had uh, around 500 votes total uh, to last check. 11-1, but miss the playoffs, so they're kind of in the same boat that I think Alex is hinting at that yep. he's at. 14% uh, say ND will make the playoffs, so obviously they think ND will go 11-1, but then sneak on in there. Uh, so 64% of people think Notre Dame's going 11-1. That's pretty darn good. Uh, 10 wins is 27%. Uh, 9 wins or fewer is 9%. So I'm actually kind of surprised that that many people have Notre Dame winning out. Now really? I know we got now we, I know we got a little biased vote. It's mostly <laughs> Notre Dame people, sure. but you know you got the Notre Dame haters that follow. Oh along, yeah, follow along as well. So I, I'm surprised. I you know I said ten and two before the season. Right. Um, I still worry there's going to be something along the way because it's not like this team is. Yeah, I I do think they played really good football against Georgia last week. But it's not like they're playing lights-out football. Yeah. Um, they're not playing like they were in 2017 when they were running it down people's throats. They certainly aren't doing that. No, no, <laughs> not at all. And uh, they're not playing like they were uh, last year. Many, well, 
I guess technically they might be playing the way they were last year <laughs> to the first four games, but that's an, another story for another day. So I, I think there could be a hiccup along the way, but um, certainly a possibility. I, I'm not denying. I, I probably have more confidence that they'll be 11-1 and one than I did before. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, Michael Deke wrote in, I voted 10-1. and one. I think ND's lack of consistent running game will catch up to them somewhere, but where ND would struggle at 11-1 is Alabama and Clemson won't lose two. Georgia has the game in hand on ND, and either Oklahoma, Ohio State, or Wisconsin will have a title over ND. All yeah. good points. Former Notre Dame swimmer Haley Scott D. Maria wrote in, uh, there's no way we miss the playoffs at 11 and one unless there are four power five undefeated teams, but that's unlikely at 11 and one. We have the best loss if there is such a thing early in the season. So every reason we've heard before should hold true for us too. And Garrett Wenzel wrote in, it's hard being an Irish fan. That one loss affects us unless we get lucky. 12 and 0 is the only way we get in usually. All right. So now the big question is, and I think we know where you stand on this now, yeah. Alex. Will eleven and one be good enough? And when you start putting the dominoes in place, it's hard to see eleven and one being good enough. Right. Of course, we're four games into the season. Absolutely. There is a lot of football left to be played. Yeah. But it's the how are you avoiding two SEC teams? with a loss to Georgia, that's the biggest obstacle Notre Dame's going to have to face if they do run the table to try to get in the playoff. Absolutely. And, and again, 11-1 and would be a phenomenal season for Notre right. Dame. When you look at it, 12-0 and last year, follow that up with an 11-1 and season. Those are two incredible seasons for Notre Dame. I don't think it's good enough, though, to make the college football playoff. And and this is, this is something that we've seen before. The playoff committee, you need to have good wins on your resume. And looking at Notre Dame's schedule, they've got a couple a couple more ranked teams on it. I'm not sure if USC and Michigan are even going to be ranked by the time Notre Dame plays them. They got Virginia today, who, who of course is ranked. But I don't see a, a good standout win remaining on Notre Dame's schedule. Yeah, they've got a good loss. But, but good losses don't matter. Exactly. We, we've those, seen that absolutely. time and time again, that good losses yeah. don't make a difference. You you need good wins. Yeah, and, and I think a good loss can play a factor in a 50-50 situation, right. yeah. but it's not getting you over the top. Um, and, and I agree with you. They, I know Notre Dame fans hate hearing this, uh, but you got to be rooting for Michigan. Ugh. Ugh. I mean, you do. It's a simple fact. You need Michigan to start playing like they're supposed to. Now, most importantly, you need to beat them. Right. Like, you don't want them to start playing like a top five team and then you can't beat them. Right. But you need them to get their act together enough that their only other loss is to Notre Dame the rest of the way. And then maybe Ohio State at the end of the year. They're nine and three. They're a top 20, you know, top 18 team. Yeah. And then winning at Michigan's a good win. You need USC to survive yeah. and advance each week. You you need USC to beat Washington this week. Big game against yeah. Washington. You know, if if USC beats Washington, then all of a sudden that Notre Dame USC game is a top fifteen showdown at Notre Dame Stadium. Right. And then you've got the potential well, to have one of those quality wins. Well, you know, at you know, when when USC beats Stanford in week two, everyone's like, Okay, wait a minute, maybe USC's not as bad as we think. Yeah. Turns out Stanford stinks. Right. So <laughs> so that makes a difference. So yeah, you're right. Virginia and, and for all we know, Virginia may not pan out. Um right. you know, 
they they struggled to beat Old Dominion last week. Falls you know, 17, go down 17 to Old Dominion. You know, I mean, they, they were down 21 to Florida State, and Florida State's not any good either. Now, I mean, Virginia's and Notre Dame, if they get the win, they're going to get a little bit lucky just because the ACC Coastal is so bad. So Virginia should at least make it to the ACC Championship game before they get dismantled by Clemson. Well, that's but. the other thing, right? If, if they go in there and, again, no good losses, but these things are relative in terms of the way uh, people view things they go they they went out after today and they go um to face Clemson in the AC championship game and they lose by 13 eh, it's not that big of a That's deal respectable they, they lose 55 to 10 yeah and all of a sudden that Notre Dame win may not feel like it's it's worth as much right. as it was especially if Notre Dame doesn't win by too much and I don't think they're blowing out Virginia today yeah I think this is going to be a hard-fought game the, the weather out Sloppy. there could you know, very sloppy. I don't know what to expect with that. I, I, It sounds like, hey, I know it's going to be raining for all you people that are going out tailgating, so that stinks. Yeah. But it sounds like <laughs> for the game, uh, you know, it's only about 30 35% chance of rain, so that might make it doable. But it, if it's raining during the game, that's not an advantage for Notre Dame by any means. The no, run game, not. The run game is still trying to find itself. Yeah. And then you're facing a, a, a dual-threat quarterback in Bryce Perkins – who can run 22 miles per hour. Yeah. That's that's Will Fuller's speed, right. to put it in Notre Dame terms. As a quarterback. As a quarterback. Yeah. So that's a, a type of shiftiness you don't want to have to deal with it in, in sloppy conditions. Now, they got the turf, so it won't be as bad on the field itself, but rain is rain. So uh, for Notre Dame, you'd hope that the weather would cooperate. All right, Fiddler's Hearth in downtown South Bend is a great place to grab a drink, eat a great dinner, and listen to live music. A locally-owned public house, Fiddler's Hearth, has 24 beers on tap, so your options are plentiful. It's also family-friendly, and they have a great Sunday brunch from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., and they want to reward the loyal listeners of Redeemer Radio. Just mention you heard Fiddler's Hearth on Redeemer Radio to your server. You'll get 10% off your bill. Can't beat that. That's Fiddler's Hearth on Main Street in downtown South Bend. All right, uh, Clemson, Bama, Georgia, LSU, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Auburn, Wisconsin, Florida, Notre Dame is your top 10 right now in the Associated Press poll. Again, can Notre Dame uh, get in at 11-1 is one of the toughest questions we have out there because basically you need Bama and LSU to lose twice. Right. And then Georgia to win out and win the SEC championship. Yes, that's your that's your best line of, of success. I just don't see. Well, certainly one loss Notre Dame is not getting in over one loss Georgia. That's right. I mean, Beat, yeah. They, they, how they, how they, is that happening? They've got the head. I can't. I can't see that scenario. Yeah. Um, and you know we know how this works. There's no way one loss Notre Dame is getting in over one loss Alabama. That that's not gonna happen either. So you need, and, and probably not for LSU either. So you need Bama. LSU, Auburn, all to end up with two losses to have a shot at this. Now, again, you just got to win out at this point. Right. And you got to beat Virginia, and you got to start playing your brand of football. And one of the things you can't have is a ton of penalties and miscommunication on the offensive line. Yeah. Uh, now, we know that was because of the hostile environment, but, uh, you know, Brian Kelly not happy about that this week, not happy with himself about that when here's what he had to say about all the issues with the communication on the offensive line and with quarterback Ian Book. I mean, I, I've been a head coach for 29 years. I know better, uh, to be quite honest with you. We, we, 
we didn't spend enough time, obviously. I thought I, thought I did. I made a terrible um, uh, miscalculation in that I felt like uh, our quarterback was prepared, um, but he wasn't, and that falls on me. Um, consequently, we had three critical, um, you know, um, cadence, um, you know, issues uh, that who knows where that could have led, led to, you know. Um, so uh, that's that falls on my shoulders. You know, I got to do a better job, and uh, we'll make sure that that never happens again. All right, never happens again. I feel like I've heard that before. And uh, we've seen it happen yes. again. Uh, the one thing I'll say is a positive in all this, Brian Kelly owning all this. Yeah. You know, he is not throwing players under the bus. We've seen that before. Oh, yeah. Um, he's a different guy, at least in terms of the way he handles these situations. I think that's that's part of the reason this program is where they are now. Yeah. Um, I think the way he handles himself plays a big factor. Absolutely. After the 4-8 and eight season, I think, is when we, right. we saw a completely new Brian Kelly, You know, bo- both in the way he handles himself and conducts himself around the team. And also, I think a big part of it is how he conducts himself in front of the media. You know, I've always felt that Kelly has always been, you know, pretty, pretty forthcoming, you know, to us in, in the media when when talking to us at his weekly press conferences. And so the the honesty obviously is very good. But yeah, as a head coach, you know, you can't be throwing your players mm-hmm. under the bus. And so hearing him take accountability for all these penalties for the for the silent count issues, the cadence issues. Even if it not, even if it isn't really on him, you know, even if it is an Ian Book issue or an offensive line issue, whatever it may be, you know, at, he is the head coach, and so the buck stops with him. All right, uh, I skipped a soundbite earlier about how important today is in terms of bouncing back <laughs> for Notre Dame. So here's what Brian Kelly had to say about that uh, uh, earlier this week. I think our team will define who they are, you know, this week um, because they're coming off of a, a game where they – we're disappointed in their performance, so they have a chance to do something about it. My sense and expectation is that uh, they understand the importance of um, where we go from here after the Georgia game, uh, and for them to um, uh, fulfill the goals and, and the mission that we have set forth for us, um, we have to play better football uh, from here on out. So, pretty confident that. Um, they understand that and, and what's needed from them moving forward. All right. Uh, hard to argue with any of that. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Obviously, he doesn't mean Georgia was not the defining game, but it in the games in the past. Now you find out what this team is made of because if they're annoyed, they don't care anymore, they're right. down the dumps, um, you know, they're not going to beat Georgia, uh, Virginia. That's uh, – that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think it makes sense if they come out and they make a statement and they win by twenty eight today. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that would be a defining moment for this program for the rest of the year. I, I agree, and you know, I think I, I think today is going to be a really interesting test because the the Notre Dame of olds, I feel like, would come out totally flat in a game like this. Yeah, they, that's a good they, point. they would be mentally drained, emotionally drained. So if, as you said, Notre Dame comes out and just blows the doors off Virginia. I think that would be a a true test to how how far this program has come in terms of you know sort of the, their mental toughness, being able to overcome that tough loss, getting back on the winning track. Well, hopefully this weather doesn't result in them coming out oh. sleepy because uh, you can you can you could potentially feel that way. All oh, right, yeah. we're gonna take a timeout still to come. Former Irish cap. 
Captain Joe Schmidt is our guest on Focus on Faith, and we will deep dive into this matchup with Virginia. But next, the Irish got help back on offense last week with Cole Komet, and there are more reinforcements coming today. We'll break down next on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Does debt have you down? Are you worried about your credit cards, your mortgage, or keeping your car? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union can help. Our people are trained to be financial physicians. They can give you a checkup, help you to heal, and then stay healthy. Don't be embarrassed, it's why we exist. When your body is sick, you go to see a doctor. When your finances are sick, you go to see the friendly folks at Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Thanks to everyone who donated to our fall share If you did not get a chance and want to help support our nonprofit radio station, you can still do so by going to redeemerradio.com slash donate. Please put South Bend Sports in the additional comments section. Weather wiped out our game last night between Bremen and Marion with 7.50 left in the first quarter. Marion already ahead, 14-0. That game will resume at 6 p.m. tonight. We will not be able to broadcast it due to scheduling issues uh, and uh, – I think you know where I'll be at the Notre Dame-Virginia game as we continue <laughs> our chat about that one. And also I hear uh, some of you guys got some insider uh, behind-the-stage uh, information there that my mic might have been on for part of that conversation about <laughs> me not doing a good job with my sound bites in that first box. So there you go. There you go. You guys got some inside information. The magic as of well. live radio. Yes, indeed. Uh, Alex Wilcox, uh, our former WN- my former WNDU colleague, joining us this morning as uh, my regular co-host Kevin Downey is out because of family obligations. So, uh, Alex, let's continue on. And, and certainly Cole Komet is back for Notre name and uh really uh, an outstanding performance last week nine catches 108 yards in his first game back with a touchdown they went to him on the first play and I-, I was thoroughly impressed with not only what he did in the game but also how quickly he is ready to go yeah there, i mean broken collarbone right you never know and he took a hit on that first one and, and he was good to go and he he provided an element they needed on offense. Oh yeah, I mean he was he was a huge spark in this game. Just looking at his stats, nine catches, 108 yards, nine catches ties a program record for catches by a tight end in a single game. And as you said, he's coming back from a broken collarbone against an incredibly physical Georgia defense. I mean Cole Komet was the the difference offensively. He was by far Notre Dame's best weapon in that Georgia game. And yeah, you know, we we haven't seen a whole lot from him so far in his Notre Dame career. This certainly feels like it's got the potential to be the start of a breakout season for him. All right, all right here's what Cole Komet had to say about his return last week versus Georgia. Uh, I felt good. You know, obviously when you get back on the football field, it feels pretty good. And, uh, you know, come out and just play against an opponent like that and, and play, as, play as well as it did, uh, it felt really good. Um, I mean, I didn't know how my conditioning would hold up and all that stuff, but, uh, you know, I uh, just kind of went with it. And, you know, when you're in the game and in the moment, you just kind of keep going, so... Definitely just a lot of like conditioning, staying in shape uh, throughout the time of when I wasn't able to do much on the field. And uh, I remember I got you know an x-ray about a week and a half out, and they said it looked pretty good, and they sh- I should be cleared by Georgia. And so that was kind of the goal, gate, goal, uh, the goal date from the beginning. I knew the first play was coming in. Coach Alana told me we're going to get you going. So I knew the first one was coming. And you know usually with, with him, if you make a play, he's going to come back to you. So. 
All right, that's Cole Komet, Irish tight end, back last week. Uh, also getting some more reinforcements uh, back today. Jameer Smith is back. He's been bothered by an ankle injury. Michael Young is back today. Um, he's He also had a broken collarbone. Braden Lindsay's back. He was in concussion protocol, did not even make the trip uh, to Georgia last week. Jafar Armstrong is still out with that abdominal tear, still a few more weeks away. But you get Jameer Smith. To help out at the run game, you get Michael Young and Braden Lindsay along with the healthy Cole Komet. A lot more options now for Ian Book yeah. to really start seeing that Ian Book everyone was expecting to see this year. Yeah, but we we haven't quite seen it yet from Ian Book. And maybe it's just because our expectations are so high for him based on how well he did last year. And, you know, I think I think a little bit of Ian Book's struggles, and I put struggles in quotation marks just because he's still completing over 60% of his passes. So he's still playing well. It just may not be what he was doing last year. But, you know, I think it could be the, the so-called sophomore slump, right? Like, I know he's a senior, but this is just his second year of game action. Now every defensive coordinator in the country has a lot of tape on Ian Book, knows what he does well, knows what he doesn't do well. In terms of the injuries, though, and the guys he's getting back, I'm really looking forward to seeing Michael Young play, especially, of course, last week. Chris Fink struggled against Georgia. And, you know, we heard that he he might have a, a rib, rib injury. injury yeah. yeah. You know, taking some shots from that from that tough Georgia defense. He was on the field for almost every offensive snap against Georgia. So the ability to to push Fink back into the slot and maybe get him get him uh, a little bit of rest, I think is going to do wonders for this entire entire Notre Dame offense. Yeah, I, I think Fink is born and bred to be in the slot. And, yeah. you know, he as a captain, he, he went outside because they can get Lawrence Keyes in the slot uh, but now with Michael Young back you you hope that they'd be able to f put Fink back to the slot where where he really belongs uh, real quick let's talk about the defense um, linebackers certainly stepped up in a huge way last week I think no question if you're looking at what was the biggest positive coming out of the Georgia game I think it has to be the play of the linebackers it has to be I mean the, the discussion all week leading up to the Georgia game was that DeAndre Swift and this Georgia offense was going to run right through Notre Dame. And because we saw Notre Dame's run defense struggle against Louisville and New Mexico, but against Georgia, they really stepped up. I was really impressed with, with Asmar Bilal. I thought he played a, a phenomenal game, finally sort of flashed that athleticism that we've seen. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa had, had a nice game as well before he, he went down with an injury and drew white i mean I, I really like this kid he continues to impress yeah drew Wright was our guest on focus on faith last week and up next it's focus on faith with a former notre dame captain and linebacker he grew up a notre dame fan in in southern california why because when he was five he wrote down he wanted to play for the irish <laughs> how joe schmidt went from praying about playing for ND to doing it at the highest level, the former walk-on turn captain is our Focus on Faith guest next on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. We know you like football. So do we. We're TireRack.com, and this is our version of a two-minute drill, except it's only 30 seconds. TireRack.com has an enormous selection of tires. Not sure which ones to buy? Use our tire decision guide to find the right tires for your vehicle and the way you drive. Then get them shipped fast and free on all orders over $50. Shipping is in as little as one day. Free. TireRack.com ships to independent, recommended installers. TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. Touchdown! Touchdown! <laughs> 
Our title sponsor for Irish Sports Saturdays is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Did you know that Notre Dame FCU provides financial assistance to help our members at participating Catholic schools? To find out the details, ask your local Catholic school principal. Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, you raise share of values. Why not share in our benefits? All right, Angel DiCarlo along with Alex Wilcox filling in this week for Kevin Downey and uh, time now for Focus on Faith. Last week we had Drew White. The week before that, Lou Holtz. Uh, this week we're going to turn to a guy who I, I got to say probably appreciated playing for Notre Dame more than just about anyone. Uh, Alex, I know you were a part of the program as a student at Notre Dame while uh, Joe was yeah. while Joe Schmidt was on the football team. Do uh, you think that's a pretty accurate statement? That oh not- my gosh! I, I mean, you know, Notre Dame football mean, means a lot to to all of these players. But with Joe, it was it was just a, a step beyond. You know, to see him come in as a walk on, work his way up, earn a scholarship. You know, sort of excel on special teams and then make his way uh, into uh, into Notre Dame starting defense and eventually become team MVP. I mean, this guy lived and breathed every day Notre Dame football. He went to famed uh, modern-day Catholic high school in California, uh, had scholarship offers from Air Force in Cincinnati, but he said, no, I'm going to walk <laughs> on at Notre Dame. Didn't really know if he'd ever play and eventually ends up a captain. Here's Focus on Faith with former Irish captain Joe Schmidt. Hard to imagine you've now been gone for, uh, what, four years. Uh, catch everybody up on what you're up to these days. Yeah, you know, you, you, stay, you stay four years. And uh, it's funny, sometimes it feels like it's been a short amount of time, and then the other times it feels like a whole other lifetime. But, um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm currently walking the streets of San Francisco between a uh, work meeting. Um, after school, I took a job at a venture capital firm out here. Um, and I actually recently uh, moved from that venture capital firm to a company that I invested in. Um, so a company called Ethos. We sell um, a new life insurance startup. So that's what I'm up to now. And love in San Francisco, man. It's great. 75 degrees. <laughs> it's actually not bad here still. Take us back to, to your early days, Joe. I, I knew you grew up a Notre Dame fan, but, uh, uh, you know, how did that come to be? Uh, I remember seeing the, the famous photo you sent uh, of you as a little kid, but how, how did you become yeah. a Notre Dame fan so early? I, honestly, I don't know. Somebody was actually asking me that um, last night, and, um, you know, I was like, the, the story, you know, the story that I always, you know, I tell people, it's like when I was five, my dad sat me down, he said, Joe, write down your goals, um, which is kind of ridiculous. Fran, I can't write. Um, but, you know, we came up with three things. It was like, go to the park with Dad, go play, um, you know, go to Baskin-Robbins and play football at Notre Dame, like in that order. Um, and so, like, I don't know why uh, football at Notre Dame was number three, but my dad still has a paper somewhere. Um, and, you know, it might have just been, like, positive association where, you know, we, we used to watch football on Saturdays after I played my soccer or baseball games in the morning. Notre Dame was on at 12:30. My dad was Catholic. You know, my family's Catholic, and so we'd watch the game together. He'd make pancakes. I, I don't know. Um, could have been Rudy. And then my sister <laughs> ended up going there, and um, you know, you know, she was an 06 grad. She married a baseball player, so the love kind of grew and um, molded, and I kind of realized what Notre Dame people were like. Um, and it was just, you know, this constant infatuation with what the university stood for. So. Um, yeah, I really don't have a good answer. It's just always been there. Former Notre Dame captain Joe Schmidt is our guest here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. This is our Focus on Faith interview. Uh, you, you mentioned you guys being a Catholic family. H- how important wa- was your faith growing up in, in, in the Schmidt household? 
Uh, very important, right? So, I mean, it was obviously you go to mass, um, but you know, I went to I went to Catholic school. Um, actually, for a while, I went to Lutheran school, which was an interesting experience. Um, but you know, it was always a, it was always a focal point in our household. We prayed together. Um, you know, as a family, like um, we would pray before bed. Like my dad would come in and he would pray with me and my my two uh, my two sisters that were closer in age to me. Um, so it was just something we always did, and um, you know, in the good times and the bad times, like being thankful for for both of them because it's just part of life and the journey. So yeah, so it was a big it was a big part for us. And then, how much do you think that's helped you uh, along your journey uh, to to have that faith and and that you know that belief inside you that that you that grew from such a young age? I, I think it's it's been critical. Um, you know, like. I'd say um, not just like when things are, are tough, um, but like just when things are really good too, just like put things into perspective that, um, you know, it's how, how really truly blessed we are. Um, so I, I think that like, I'd be hard pressed to believe that um, any of the things that have gone really positive in my life. And I'm like, I, I'm the luckiest guy on earth. Um, would have happened without, without that, like without, um, you know, God for some reason, choosing me to, you know, be, be some sort of instrument for him. Um, so I, I feel, I feel like without it, I, I'd probably be a little bit more, a little bit rudderless. Um, and obviously that, you know, that journey is, um, a constant kind of movement pattern, right? And, um, it was something that was fun to explore when, you know, at Notre Dame where you're kind of trying to figure out like, Hey, what the heck do I actually believe in? Like, this is my, this is my life. Um, and to have, you know, the, the classes and um, you know, be able to ask questions um, in a religious setting um, was was actually super helpful for me. So, yeah. You're listening to Focus on Faith on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Our guest this week is Joe Schmidt, 2015 Notre Dame football captain. You know, your your history of being a walk-on is well-documented. The fact that, you know, you could have went other places and, and you chose to, to come to Notre Dame instead and be a walk-on and, and you worked your way up to get a scholarship and, and then eventually uh, be a captain. All those steps, hey, you get to be a walk-on, then you became a captain or became a starter, then a captain. Which one stands out the most to you now looking back as maybe the most special part of all that? Uh, that's a tough question. Um, I told you only softball. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. The, uh, I think for me, being able to call my dad and my mom and say, Hey, you know, like the, the dreams, the dream is complete. Um, you really like, it, but the hard part, you know, and that was, that was really a scholarship moment, but the, you know, and the craziest part about it. Um, and I remember, you know, like, crying with my parents about it, um, out of happiness because there were so many of those, those moments, um, in my, in my career. That's why I'm just like, I'm so damn blessed where, you know, you got first start was amazing. And then, you know, making a big play against USC where, you know, my dad and I would play catch and dream about that, you know, at, at night. Um, so I don't know, I think probably one of, one of those. Um, and then the, the one that, the one that was the most most like emotional was the very last game hugging my parents after the Ohio State game, being like, "Hey, like if I die right now, that's it. I'm I'm the happiest guy I could have been. Wow, what a what a what a life." What uh, you know, you mentioned that 
that first start in 2014 and and you actually sent a text message I saw to your family kind of right before that yeah like all my wildest dreams are about to come through um you know and uh yeah I, I I remember texting them and um because I was never one of those guys that like was like foaming at the mouth before games and so I just remember thinking to myself, like, oh, my gosh, this is really happening. Um, and then after the game, sit, you know, like, sitting there being like, wow, that really just happened. I had, like, you know, not eight or nine tackles in a Notre Dame football game. Like, like me? Really? Um, so, I don't know. It almost felt like an out-of-body experience for the whole time. And that's why I say it, in some ways it feels like another life. Um, you know, now I'm just a you know, tiny white guy that likes the Peloton. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, how much do you miss it and how much don't you miss it now? I don't miss it at all. Um, really? You know, I, I yeah, no, I, I really don't. I think, um, you know, if you think about, like, life, um, and I, you know, I say this to some people sometimes, but, like, think about your life as, like, an equation um, where, every, you know, all the happiness, the dreams, the goals, and the, you know, um, Everything is on the, on the top. All the positive, positive stuff is on the top. And it's the sum of all that over the, the, the denominator of, like, really one thing being regret. Um, you know, like, as that, obviously, as regret gets bigger, um, that number goes down exponentially. But as regret gets smaller and approaches zero, you know, goes to, you know, basically to infinity. It's like the mathematical representation of that equation. And, like, I have literally zero regrets about my time in Notre Dame. And so, like, people are like, Hey, would, would you, if you could go back and do it all over again, would you? And I'd be like, actually, I don't think I would because, you know, maybe I, maybe I end up with, with some regret. And like right now, um, I, I just, I couldn't imagine it going, you know, hardly, hardly any better. Um, you know, obviously I would have liked to win a, win a national title, but like that was basically it. From walk-on to captain, former Notre Dame linebacker Joe Schmidt is our guest here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Joe, I'll, uh, I'll leave you with this. Uh, you know, for kids out there that are that are told they can't do something, uh, you obviously were someone that proved a lot of people wrong. What do you What do you want to say to those kids that may be listening that uh, you know have been told you're too small or you're not as athletic as others? You'll never make it to to, to somewhere big. Yeah, no, I mean, I think what I would say is, um, first, like, it's, it's obviously possible. Like, there are so many people um, that are in some successful place in life, and everyone has told them, um, uh, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of times that they can't do it. Um, and so it's, it's possible. Um, what I will say is that um, if you want to be great at something, you know, make a plan, have goals, have dreams, and then figure out how you're going to go on a, and achieve them, right? And so... Um, I break my life into those four sections I said earlier, where it's, you know, it's uh, academic or career, right? It's social, it's spiritual, and it's athletic or health, right? And if you think about your life in those four pillars with whatever the major goal is on the top of it, um, you know, you got to have each one of those has to be rock solid and thinking about how do you build towards whatever it is that you want to want to achieve, um, and so if you can take that type of approach and each and every day get a little bit better and chip away at like, you know, a weekly goal, a monthly goal, a quarterly goal, a yearly goal, all towards something you really want to do. I, I, you know, sure. If you want to be Michael Jordan, like you got to be six, six and like a freak athlete. But for most of the dreams that you've got, I think that they're all, atta- they're all attainable. Um, and I, it's just all about being, 
um, structured and going after them and uh, taking the right approach and you know hopefully hopefully uh, getting a couple bounces on your way, on on the way right I you know I'm, I'm one that got very lucky too so um, but I think if you do if you do all that the right way then you're gonna have no regrets and you're gonna be happy. Joe, thank you very much. Of course, my friend. Always great talking to you. Former Irish captain Joe Schmidt was our guest there on Focus on Faith. Alex, uh, your thoughts on what Joe had to say? I mean, Joe is just is, is such an such an incredible guy. But I mean, the thing I think that sticks out most to me is that uh, is that sort of uh, you know his goal list when he was five years old. <laughs> go go to the park with dad. Go to Baskin Robbins. You know, n- normal normal goals for for a five year old. You know, certainly on on your mind. And then play football at Notre Dame. I mean, like one of those things is not like the other. There. I mean, that was that's just incredible. And uh, you know, for for him to for him to accomplish that to to write that down at five years old. You know, it's it's just incredible that he actually put in all of the work, turned down scholarship offers to walk on at Notre Dame, and then to get to where he is as a captain and everything. It was just incredible. And I got to say this: the thing that sticks out most to me about Joe Schmidt is just how smart he was. I mean, I was a student coaching assistant during the infamous BVG regime, and that defense was so difficult and so complex, and Joe Schmidt knew it down pat. I'd say most of the starters on that team knew at least what their job was in the defense, although that's sort of up for debate. Joe Schmidt knew what everyone's job was on the defense, so much so that during uh, we would have team meetings, we, we would watch film and everything, and and BVG had to he had to tell Joe Schmidt to sort of be quiet because he knew all the answers as soon as BVG asked them. And he was trying to make sure that the everybody else everybody did. else knew or, you know, trying to gauge whether they knew or not. And so when Joe Schmidt would answer the question before BVG even finished it, you know, everyone could just say, oh, well, Joe knows. So, you know, we're OK. So he was the smart kid that complete that always raised his hand immediately. And absolutely. The teacher was trying to get everyone else involved. And, and, and then reminded the teacher that you didn't assign homework yet and, and all of that. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Schmidt. Uh, always great chatting with Joe. All right. If you like all things Notre Dame, be sure to stay tuned for Church Life today. Coming up right after us, Lenny DiLorenzo, the McGrath Institute for Church Life, is your host. That's next here on Redeemer Radio with replays tonight at 6 and Sunday at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. All right, up next, uh, we'll let you know who are the top players to worry about for Virginia and what the Irish must do to win the game. Plus, our game predictions, Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays is back right after this. Imagine a world with no poverty, a world where everyone has food to eat, clothes to wear, and is able to make rent each month. The St. Vincent de Paul Society is working towards that goal. We are committed to ending poverty by serving our community one neighbor at a time. We have seen the power one person can have on those we serve. Join us in the fight against poverty. Visit svdpsb.org or call 234-6000 for more information. Virginia has their attention, there's no doubt about that. Um, so they know that they have to pay uh, attention to their detail and, and um, you know, play well against a quality opponent. So um, there's no question that when you play a team of this caliber, uh, they recognize how important it is to go back to work. 
Notre Dame football coach Brian Kelly getting the Irish set. Notre Dame ranked 10th in the country after the loss to Georgia last week. Taking on number 18 Virginia. Kickoff set for 3.30 this afternoon. Angel DiCarlo, Alex Wilcox back with you here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays as we go into our uh, sprint now for the final uh, few minutes here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. And, uh, you know, Bronco Mendehall has done an excellent job turning around this Virginia program. Uh, they haven't been good in a really long time. In fact, they're 4-0 for the first time since 2004, Alex. Uh, you know, they've had some interesting games so far this year. We yeah. talked about it earlier, uh, you know, down in a lot of games, right. uh, including last week against Old Dominion, rallying from 17 down to win. But what that means is... They're a team that doesn't go away, right. and that could be a problem for Notre Dame because you don't want to get up two touchdowns and think suddenly you won, right. and then all of a sudden you look behind you and it's a three-point game in the fourth quarter. That could happen against Virginia. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, th they were down 17 to Old Dominion, and they were they were losing that game going into the fourth quarter. They were also down 21 to Florida State Ooh. the week before, rallied to beat the Seminoles. Now, neither Florida State nor Old Dominion are exactly the caliber that, that Notre Dame is, but regardless to come down to come back from 21 down to come back from 17 down as you said even if we get into the fourth quarter and Notre Dame's up by a couple touchdowns that lead isn't necessarily safe a last meeting between Notre Dame and Virginia was 2015 that was the fame game when uh Malik Zaire got injured yeah. and Deshaun Kaiser came in and then Notre Dame was off and running and Notre Dame won 34-27 and who anticipated that being as good of a season as it would oh. be yeah, so. and, 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 you know, who thought Deshaun Kaiser was all of a sudden... That's what I mean. Yeah, was going to be able to lead that team. And, and you know, just looking back at that 2015 team, that Notre Dame team was absolutely stacked. They were phenomenal. I mean, you've got... You had Ronnie Stanley, Quentin Nelson, and Mike McGlinchey on the offensive line. Will Fuller. I mean, they were loaded. And then they had that Jalen Smith guy at... Uh, yeah, Jalen Smith. At linebacker yeah. along with Joe Schmidt and... And uh, tons of other guys, Isaac Rochelle, I believe, was still on the team then. So yeah. a lot of guys that are in the league right now, Drew Tranquil. Um, so <laughs> uh, certainly it was. All right. Uh, but this Virginia team is a lot better than that Virginia team. Yes. A and, you know, when you look at the challenges for the Notre Dame defense, played really well last week, but now they got to face a dual-threat quarterback in Bryce Perkins. Mm -hmm. They obviously struggled at least to the start against a dual-threat quarterback in week one against Louisville. So that's got to have a little bit of a concern there right now as they go up against Bryce Perkins. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing that Kelly said about, about Bryce Perkins that interested me was that he's not as good, he's not as accurate when he stays in the pocket. So that's going to be the challenge for Notre Dame. Can you keep him in the pocket? Can you limit sort of that mobility that he's so well-known for and just make him, you know, air it out and beat you? Especially Notre Dame's got a pretty good secondary. So if you can contain him, then I think you've got a shot here. Here's Jalen Elliott and Kurt Heinish on defending Bryce Perkins. Uh, Bryce Perkins, a very good player, can make plays um, with his feet and also through the air. And so just making sure that we really lock into our coverage and lock in and making sure that we have him contained is going to be huge for us. And they have athletes on the outside that can get it done as well. Um, and, you know, they, they can make plays. So we just have to be locked into that. It's never easy playing a mobile quarterback, uh, especially being 300 pounds and them being, say, you know, 200 and 205 and being able to run a 4-5, you know. So uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I enjoy playing a mobile quarterback. It creates kind of a challenge for myself and for the guys around me. 
Here's a crazy stat for you about Bryce Perkins to put this in perspective. Last year, threw for 2,600 yards and rushed for 900 yards. The only other player in the country to do so was the guy that won the Heisman, Kyler Murray. So that, that First overall pick in the draft. Yeah. Uh, again, runs 22 miles per hour, has that Will Fuller-like speed, so will be uh, very difficult to contain. Um, but I still think Notre Dame's defense has the advantage in this one. Um, i really like to see Julian Aquara have a good game. Yeah. If I mean, the guy's got three tackles all year. I, I don't know what is going on right. there. there. There are reasons why, but they, I don't care. Right. Uh, he needs to... He needs to start blowing people up and doing some stuff. Um, I think that would be good. Uh, let's flip the script. Go Irish offense versus the Virginia defense. Virginia ranked 14th in the country in total defense, giving up just 264 yards per game. High praise from Tommy Kramer, Cole Komet, and Brian Kelly on Virginia's defense. They're, they're a very good defense. Um, they throw a lot of stuff at you. They're physical. They play hard. It's going to be a great challenge, but we're up for it. Their defense is really good. Obviously, they lead the, I think they lead the nation in sacks is what I saw. And, uh, you know, they got a good D-line, good linebackers. And, uh, you know, they're, they're very assignment sound. And, uh, you know, they play very hard. Extremely talented. They've got, they've got elite players on uh, each level of their defense. And uh, just, just love the way they play. They're aggressive. They're tough, uh, well-coached. Um, we know about... Uh, Charles Snowden, obviously being the national player of the uh, of the week, um, but they're they're long and athletic on the edge. Uh, Jordan Mack at the inside backer, one of the best inside backers we're going to see. They've got great depth at the defensive line, and 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 they probably play. They can go up to playing as many as five guys in there, um, and certainly on the back end of the defense, um, you know you've got uh, Hall, who's uh, you know. He's been a headliner for the last couple of years at the uh, the cornerback position. Really physical as a run stopper, blitzer. Um, Going to be a high pick in the NFL. All right, uh, he's talking about cornerback Bryce Hall making his 38th straight start. That's the longest stretch in the country uh, among cornerbacks. In fact, they got they got two really good cornerbacks, and Bryce Hall and Nick Grant. So uh, it it does help Notre Dame a lot to have Michael Young and Braden Lindsey back uh, oh, in this game, along with with uh, hopefully a healthy uh, Chris Fink. But he's potentially uh, battling back from that uh, rib injury. But uh, this won't be easy. Virginia's defense is really good, and that's their staple. Yeah, it, it is. They're they lead the country in sacks. They're averaging five sacks a game. Now I know some of those teams they're you know they're playing against Old Dominion and William and Mary, but five sacks a game is is incredible. They've got four linebackers with at least two sacks. Of course, they have Charles Snowden, who was the defensive player of the week, as Kelly mentioned. The guy's six foot seven. I mean, he's just a freak. So this this defense is really good. They've got talent, uh, and it's not they've as I mentioned four linebackers with at least two sacks. So they they are loaded. You mentioned they've got two good cornerbacks as well. So it'll be really interesting to see how Notre Dame tries to attack this Virginia defense. All right, real quick, what worries you most if you're Brian Kelly? It's got to be Bryce Perkins running all over you. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, what worries you most if you're Bronco Mendenhall? Notre Dame finally gets the ground game going. I don't think that's happening. No? I, I, you, I don't, you don't think, see it? I, I don't see them getting the ground game going today, even with Jameer Smith back. So I wouldn't be worried about it. But I guess <laughs> but I guess if it does happen, I, I, that yes. would be a difference. If Notre right. Dame does get the ground game going, I think Notre Dame's fine. Uh, Kevin Downey off today for family obligations, but he did send in his thoughts on today's game. Let's hear what Kevin has to say. What worries me most if I am 
Coach Brian Kelly, the Nordane defensive front has to stop a tough Virginia run game, and also their uh, play-action passes tie into that. So the senior quarterback for Virginia's mobile, they can take deep shots off of that play-action pass, but also short ones, nakeds, bootlegs, running the ball. It all kind of ties together, so it's going to put a lot of pressure on the Notre Dame linebackers. And then for Virginia, Notre Dame's defensive pass rush, especially if they get to third and long, that run game doesn't work, then Virginia's quarterback can move in the pocket and he can do design runs, but when he starts to scramble, as long as he is going to his right, then he looks really good. If he gets to his left, uh, it's not as clean. I think the score for this week's game would be Irish 31-17. All right, that's Kevin Downey off this week for Family Obligations. Alex Wilcox filling in. Alex, what's your prediction here today? Uh, Kevin completely stole my prediction. I, <laughs> I, I guess great minds think alike. He's going 31-17, so I, I guess I'll change mine up. I'll go Notre Dame 34-24. All right, uh, I think it's going to be even closer. I'll say Notre Dame 30, Virginia 24. Something Ooh. weird's going to happen, missed extra point, <laughs> something, and everyone's going to be like, ooh. They're going to be nervous. Yeah, and it's going to be a game in the fourth quarter, or, or may, maybe maybe it'll be a two touchdown game for a little while, and then Virginia gets one of those late yeah. gets one of those scores with eight minutes left in the game, makes it a six point game, like that pick game where all of a sudden you're right. like, well, wait a minute, J uh, just enough to make everyone nervous. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we want to thank Tyrac for being such great supporters of Redeem Radio. The folks at Tyrac underwrite our internship program with high school students from Marion and St. Joe. The students are getting college level internship experience, thanks in large part to the generosity of Tyrac. More tires, great prices, visit TireRack.com. That'll do it for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Notre Dame FCU, where you bank does matter. Thanks to our audio operator today, Matt Florian, and thanks to Alex Wilcox for filling in for my partner, Kevin Downey. I'm Angel DiCarlo. Notre Dame and Virginia kick off at 3.30 in another Top 25 showdown. I'll have updates throughout the day on social media, uh, so give us a follow. And, of course, we'll be back with you next Saturday at 9 a.m. right here on Redeemer Radio for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. We close our pregame the same way the Irish will close their pregame with a prayer from one of the Irish team chaplains. This is Father Mark Thiesing, chaplain for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish football team. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Our Lady of Victory, pray for us. Go Irish! This has been a presentation of Redeemer Radio Sports. Thanks for joining us for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Enjoy today's game. We are Redeemer Radio, Catholic Radio for Michiana, 95.7 FM, WRDI, Napanee, South Bend, Elkhart. Welcome home to your family of faith. Hi, this is Tony Catanzari for Catanzari Financial Services. We are proud to bring you this message and invitation from the legendary Lou Holtz. For victory in life, we've got to keep focused on the goal, and the goal is heaven. The key to winning is choosing to do God's will and love others with all you've got. Sacrifice, discipline, and prayer are essential. We gain strength through God's Word, and we receive grace from the sacraments. And when we fumble due to sin, and it's going to happen, confession puts us back on the field. So if you haven't been going to Mass Weekly, get back in the game. 
We're saving your seat on the starting bench this Sunday. What a great message from Lou. When it comes down to it, this is all about family values for us at Catandry Financial Services, and I bet for you too. If you would like to develop a retirement plan that reflects your family values, visit CatandryFinancial.com to register for classes held through IU South Bend or email me directly at Tony at CatandryFinancial.com. Securities and advisory services offered through Harbor Investment, Inc., member SIPC.